Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the bi-weekly meeting of the residents of the Tell Me About That podcast. Uh, as you know, my name is Jack. That's just for the record. Uh, seeing as last week the open discussion portion took a lot of our time, we decided to move it to the beginning of this week in hopes that we could maybe get through it a little bit quicker. Uh, so now I would like to open the floor to anyone who has any general complaints or uh, thoughts that they would like to bring up to the council. Uh, yes, uh, you there. Yeah, hi, Jeremy here. I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind switching your audio workstation so that we're all in the same one. I know it's really just a place that like, you hold the audio and doesn't really affect anything, but I think it would really piece together the last bit of synergy we're missing. Uh, yes, Jeremy, we talked about this the last time you brought it up, that the, um, the cost of, of redoing that would be far greater than what the council can afford right now based on its current advertising budget. Um, I, I know that you're really passionate about this, but I just don't know where we're going to see the funds. Hey, sorry, I know we're almost done. Uh, Ryan here, by the way. Um, I just wanted to know, what's our, what's our outlook on how much water we're going to get during the episodes? Um, we've been really lackluster recently and I'm starting to get like less annoyed and more just like dry. I can't really talk that well. Um, Ryan, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this. We, you're allowed to drink as much water as you want. We really only were telling you to kind of cool it down because you did have to get up quite a bit during the recording of the podcast. Um, we, we really try to be, uh, encouraging for everyone to be hydrated here, but the, the level that you were going to, frankly, we were concerned for your health. Um, I can see this kind of starting to get a little bit long, so why don't we put a pin in this for right now, and we'll move on to the scheduled topics, and I guess we'll come back to it at the end. It's a weird energy to start a podcast when all of us have just finished watching our requisite four hours of Twitch stream to get access to the Overwatch 2 beta, which seems bad and terrible. Um, and now, right as we all hit 100%, we had to sit down and record. Yeah. So we all kind of got this tension, this video we're, game we're all, tension. We're, we're all itching. Yeah, not only that, Ryan, you have to go edit after yeah, this. Yeah, so it's a real bummer. Accordingly. At least, yeah, at, yeah. Least, at least Jeremy and I get to go and like as soon as we hit stop recording, begin playing that game. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not ideal, but you know, that's what that's 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 what it takes to be a professional. That's true. This, it, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to understand the sorts of sacrifices that we make to put now, out that content. Be, that being said, I might join you guys for like one or two games after, <laughs> after we end. Yeah, what's a couple of games between? It's required friends. listening. Before you go edit, you got to take a break. From, yeah, exactly. You, gotta take a, you can't, ear, you can't go from the podcast right to editing. Yeah, I got, you got you to let the ears settle, settle in a little bit. <laughs> you got to let the ears rest. Otherwise, you can blow them out. <laughs> no one wants a blown out ear, especially in a podcaster, because then the, the room acoustics are all off. I don't know. Your yeah, timing, you your joke timing's all off. That was it. And I'm thinking that Jeremy's on my left, but he's actually on my virtual right. And I'm turning my virtual head to talk to him. And it's. It's super embarrassing. I, I didn't tell you guys yesterday, but we were supposed to, we could have recorded yesterday, but uh, I had something to do. And that something to do was go see murder, murder a play of Murder on the Orient Express. Um, but I thought, I thought it was you had like a meeting or something. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. I was going to see a play. Um, but it was during that play that I discovered that this theater is doing like a train season. Oh, so it's all <laughs> so train stuff? Is, yeah, so it's all it's all train stuff. How much more train stuff is there? 
yeah, so like I think this one was Murder on the Express. The next one's like Two Trains or something. Two on a train. Two Trains, like my that. favorite. <laughs> my favorite rapper. <laughs> my favorite musician. <laughs> okay. Uh, how, what was the third one? Oh, I don't know. I, I only was, looked. I was going to say, how many train related? If somebody like, put a gun how, to my head and they? said, name two train shows, <laughs> I would be a dead man. Oh, uh, maybe there's I like mean, a t- Thomas the Tank Engine show. Thomas the Tank Engine, the musical. All aboard is the oh the Polar the Express. One. I once knew a person who performed the was a performer in the Wizard of Oz on a railroad line, and I don't know how it worked. How do you perform that sounds extremely a difficult. show on a railroad? Guys, the show is not called All Aboard. That's the season. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Flex Savings Plan title. It's How the Hell Did I Get Here? Murder on the Orient Express and Two Trains Running. Not Polar Express, the Polar, not Express, Polar the Express musical on stage. Hell on Wheels, the musical. Um, uh, uh, Ice Piercer is that Snow Piercer? Come on, who else has train media? Let's go, <laughs> Jeremy. Your turn. <laughs> Subway Surfers, the musical. I- <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 Thomas. Me- I mean, Metro Thomas Exodus. The engine. Metro Exodus, the show. We already used Thomas. Oh, did we? I also said Thomas the Trank, the trank Engine. Thomas the Drank Engine. <laughs> that, no, Trank, as in like, drank, but Trank. <laughs> cool. Got it. Yes, understood. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't, I didn't plan for this to be such a good segue, but uh, speaking of Drank... Um, I got I got a fun little article for you guys. Um, no, I said I said Trank. I, I know I know, <laughs> so but, but we assumed it, it was Trank. the first time. Jeremy's joke no, quicksand. <laughs> um, but I found an article today telling me about the exciting new development from Tropicana. Um, now you know Tropicana from uh, all their orange juice, all the people that punch the food to make the juice come out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one thing you you rarely ever see for good reason, is orange juice and cereal. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Now, I am saddened to inform you that Tropicana is releasing a cereal called Tropicana Crunch, and the uh, little subline, the little subheading for that is Cereal Made for OJ. And I That's not what I was expecting. I couldn't be more disappointed in humanity. <laughs> so it's cereal made to be eaten well, with orange juice as the liquid. Well, it looks like it's just honey bunches of oats. Okay, that, that, that's, this is my question. Because is, is, the flavor of profile can't be orange, right? Yeah. Right. But I think I, is it, it, it's like honey almond clusters. But honey like, almond clusters. I feel like... that. But that's a milk cereal. That's, that's, like, a milk that's honey cereal bunches of oats. Because you need the creamy type... From the milk, I feel like taste or, you know, kind of the more mild, like smooth taste of like a a milk or like the non-acidic. Yeah, I feel like an acidic, tangy liquid with honey and oats. Not not the move. And I listen, I eat a lot of oat cereals. I enjoy them quite a bit. And I, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty open minded cereal enjoyer. But I don't know. I will say. um. That every, every like paragraph of their description um, acknowledges how, <laughs> how controversial this is. Like the, the, ma- the first line you see is the first f- cereal made for OJ, and then in parentheses right underneath, maybe the last. They're like, we know it's going to be That's, shit, yeah. but just try it. Exactly. Then it says, 
Uh, orange juice on cereal. Some call it weird. Some call it breakfast. We didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> and then the very, the very last line is Tropicana Crunch. It may not be for everyone, but it could be for you. <laughs> like they know exactly what they've done. Eat our garbage cereal. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's 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 what's going through my head. Man, they really did make a cereal for OJ. I haven't had OJ in a while. I'd eat the cereal with some OJ. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I as a marketing tactic, I think it might have worked, guys. <laughs> I don't know that I would eat it with orange juice because it just see the thing is again it's it's honey what, what is it honey almond clusters that sounds like uh it's, honey bunches of oats with almonds to me which i love i that is a cereal that i eat with milk and i i don't know that i could change that flavor profile i think it's gonna be a bad cereal if you had, don't get if me you had wrong to combine one type of <laughs> if you had to combine a flavor with orange juice to make this work what would you do Ooh, I mean, initially, some sort of creamy creamsicle comes to mind. Ooh, that sounds nice. Little yogurt That's clusters, true, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. A little yeah. yogurt. Yeah, actually, you know what? If they throw little yogurt clusters in that, that's a, that could be a little more palatable. A yogurt bite? Oh, dude, a yogurt bite and maybe like a little chocolate chip type situation. Kind of like a, like a chocolate orange. Like an orange. Cho- yeah, I feel like chocolate yeah. and orange is good. Like dairy and orange. So yeah, now if they if they put like cocoa puffs or like cocoa pebbles or something like that, okay, in as the cereal made for OJ, that might make a little more sense. Though, because when you make cocoa pebbles, it makes the milk all like chocolatey milk. Oh no, it's just like a chocolate orange juice. I'm thinking now that all (laughs) chocolate cereals do that because cocoa puffs definitely do the same thing. Yeah, I feel like cocoa pebbles do it the most because they got the most surface area, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember Yogos? Yogos, <laughs> the that sounds familiar. yeah handheld snack. It's the f- yogurty covered fruit 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 flavored snack. Yes. Um, what if we just put those in the bowl and put orange juice in them? It would never work. They're made. They're I, made for hands, not bowls. It would yeah, never but contain the monster. I think that's you the could whole do point like of yogurt. That's the type. go of Yogos. Otherwise, you're just doing yogurt. Then you're just doing yo-yos. If you're not doing it, if you're not eating it on the thing. go. Then you're you're not even using the product in good faith, and that's you know honestly you shouldn't even be able to use it. Science, it should be outlawed. Innovation has never been there's never been anything created by someone using something it's not made for. Obviously, everything right. must be used for its exact intended purpose, and then that's how we'll discover new things. Exactly. <laughs> it's called the scientific method. Look it up. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, look forward to trying that in the future. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Chloe has let herself into my computer and has brought up a number of questions that I think she would like to be answered. You should really um, do something about that, Jeremy. Yeah, dude. What's your antivirus yeah, so- <laughs> situation looking like nowadays? Uh, it's uh, McAfee, but it says without Chloe uh, protection. Uh, is that so? Oh, maybe you gotta, I need the, to you gotta get the Chloe protection. The most notorious hacker in the podcasting world, dude. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's. Oh, okay. Well, this is gonna be interesting. Uh, I'll. We'll, we'll let's try to figure out why these questions were asked. But uh, I asked the I asked a question, or I told as I was looking through these questions, I told you all a. Uh, a question that I didn't really want to answer on the podcast, but it was asked by you religious porn star. And oh. I guess I should say the question, huh? Yeah. Context is probably helpful. Yeah. 
Okay, so the question that I don't want to answer, but I do want to read is, can I be sued for starting an adult site featuring religious hot women called Jehovah's Thicknesses? (laughs) (laughs) And and while that is a great question, uh, I don't really feel comfortable answering it. Yeah, it seems like those waters Uh, are best left (laughs) untread. But it was asked by you religious porn star 10 days ago, and I have pulled up this question this was before I even saw that question. Also asked by your religious porn star. Uh, this was asked six days ago. <laughs> and it was, how do I be- buy a piece of land on the moon? So it seems but, like religious porn star might be grabbing in a couple different, you know, up and coming areas of uh, or, commerce. Or I guess. hear me out. They're creating an empire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're oh, trying what, to what buy if- land on the moon. So that they can create their their dream uh their dream adult film. Yeah. Jehovah's Thicknesses. The, ma- the, the moon land is actually really cheap because it's so far away from any sort of utilities or breathable <laughs> oxygen. So, yeah. There's, there's no government up there, so you can kind of do whatever. Yeah, big actually so, so I think the, the other question might have come first. I know that you said it didn't, but if we think about it it's like a joke. Oh, it did. Oh, it, did. it did come so first. So maybe they tried and they were yeah. like, "No, that's illegal." And they're like, "What about if I exactly. did it on the moon?" And right. yes. It's kind of like a there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball type situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> the the Airbud rule. Yeah, they this this whole religious porn star thing really fits into that whole Airbud rule kind of jurisdiction. <laughs> well, I I think that's I think we got it. Yeah, I we, mean, that one took surprisingly little easy, amount of time. Easy. We're getting really good at this. <laughs> yeah, we're becoming too efficient. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to get let's try to get this one then. Um can can snakes feel claustrophobic? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Why do you Ow. think they always shed their skin? Oh, like, oh. okay. See, a little tight in here. <laughs> I was wondering why claustrophobic was the feeling that, like, you know, why don't snake feel like how do like? Oh, I guess it's can feel, snakes feel, but like why? Maybe because they put them in a box. We put them in a box, and you know, we don't like being in box. Well, we kind of like being in boxes if it's a house, right? <laughs> But the the size of the box is important. Well, I mean, yeah, but I would say right, if, if if you if you if you put the snake into too small of a box, it's not going to be able to to build equity. It's not going to be able to buy a new box. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, for the amount of space in some of the apartments I've lived in and how big I am, I would say I've probably seen the majority of the snakes in a home be kept in a box that is relatable in terms well, of I guess Jeremy have you ever footage? actually talked to a snake about it you're just I making, haven't but I'm also you're making re- assumptions right now yeah. and that's I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about that I'm also realizing that snakes are horizontal and not vertical it's true <laughs> so the think about your house as if you slid it around what a sentence <laughs> what a sentence snakes are horizontal and I'm vertical you have a lot less room when you have to be laying at least you know you have to be laying flat or if you can do that kind of like S shape like snakes do when they coil down or you know get yourself wrapped up on yeah. yourself um, maybe this person had gotten all wrapped up like a burrito in a blanket and they thought they were going to be super cozy so they were the- and they were like I'm a little snake made a blanket and then they thought I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable because I'm too wrapped up how do snakes do this and they're like is this 
they're, they're like, is this how a snake feels all the time? <laughs> how do snakes not get claustrophobic? Can snakes get claustrophobic? <laughs> This is this is this is a snake's personal hell. Yeah, this is every. In fact, every snake hates small enclosed spaces. Wait, maybe, maybe every snake feels claustrophobic all the time. Maybe the Earth is not big enough to contain them. Oh, <laughs> so it's not the box they're in. It's the uh, like they're restricted to this mortal coil. Their celestial yeah, box, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They need to ascend. This, mortal coil. The, this, this, this is this is the purgatory for snakes. This is where they <laughs> uh, they have to repent for their sins. It makes sense, to be honest. I've, if some if if I ever found out upon death that I actually had been sent to Earth as some sort of punishment, I would be like, that tracks. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're all. Here I right get now. it. <laughs> All right, well, we're really breezing through them today. Wow, that was a voice crack. That Leave was, it in. Ooh. Ooh, uh, yeah. Keep it. That, that Let all the people know. Our Patreon, pa- pa- Let all the people, people know that, that we're yeah, real. Yeah, we do all our podcasts in one a, take. We're not. <laughs> now, that being said, um, that was in the script. Yeah, of course. Because we're authentic. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but what if we talk about this next question? Sure. If you were really small and you tried to walk on Jello. Would you sink into the jello or be able to walk on it and possibly bounce on it like a trampoline? Hmm. Hmm. I think, first of all, I think that's going to depend on how small. How small? Really Really small. small. (laughs) Like, like microscopic or like atomic. So it says you tried to walk on jello. So I'm assuming they are. They are at least big enough that they can step up onto the bowl of jello. Oh, this is a bowl. I was imagining more of a pool. A pool. I mean, if you are very small, a bowl of Jello might very much, very well look like a pool. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little unsure about what scale we're using. Because I would say human scale, like a baby small versus a giant big. Except giants don't exist. I mean, like Will, Will, Will Chamberlain. What? That's the hell a, are you talking about? A basketball player. He's a basketball. Yeah. I'm giving a size range. Okay, so we got baby to Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, that's you. You're asking for a scale. Baby's, I'm giving you baby a scale. size is too is too big still. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't think so. If you were to put a baby on top a baby of a pool of Jello, on. that baby would not only it sink in there but also be in a lot of danger because you would need to get in. No, a, a, a Jello could definitely hold no, no shot. A Jell-O not a chance. Would, Jeremy, yeah. you tell me. Dude, you, no, Jeremy, you, Jeremy, Jeremy, I can, I can push my finger through Jello. You have either yeah. created or taken responsibility for a small child. You see yourself in its eyes. You look at it and you love it so very much. And then you see a pool of Jello, and you're gonna, you think to yourself, I'm gonna trust that the surface tension of that mixture of gelatin and water and sugar to hold up the life of this infant child <laughs> that I am now responsible for. I don't think so. So, so here's, here's, here's what I'm doing right now, just to give everyone full discretion. Um, I've looked up the density of Jell-O. 2022 update. So okay, it's been, so it's, this is, you okay. know, it's real. Up-to-date research. <laughs> Good. So the density of Jell-O is 1,300 kilograms per meter cubed. Okay. The density of water is, a, you know, about 1,000. Um, what's the, like, what's the least dense thing you think we could stand on? I don't know how dense the average human is. No, no, like, like, 
like cement, right? We know we, or concrete, whichever the hard one. You is. can stand on snow um, sometimes you could if it's if it's a little snow. icy. Okay, so density of snow. Build a bridge out oh, of us. That's, that's not helpful. But I can't. Can I specify density of snow? You can stand on. <laughs> no way, Google's this good. Sand. You can sand. Kind of, you okay. Can, you can you can, you can usually stand on like a so, like some portion of the sand. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Let's let's say sand. Let density of sand or density of a beach maybe. Well, not. Okay. Okay. okay this is interesting. Something? Yeah. So the density of sand is let the low end fifteen twenty kilograms per meter cubed. So it's cl- it's it's close. <laughs> Thirteen hundred to fifteen twenty. But to be fair, you do sink through a little bit of sand when you okay, walk. Okay, that's it. a good yeah. point. And, okay, I might be. And I, I might be I, turning I don't, on this. And I, I think I think the one thing that sand has going for it is it probably gets denser as you go down. Yeah, as Whereas you push on it, like Jello or something. Very much does not have that same property. <laughs> yeah. yeah. the The problem with Jello, really, I think I think a I think you could get a step or two, but I think once it gets the once full it gets the weight full of weight, a child. Yeah. It'll make a tear, and once you get a tear in a Jello, yeah, that's the thing it. you got to think once about. You, the, I've had a tear in my Jello pool so so often. many times. You got to replace the whole thing. You got to call the guy. That being said, I think if you like let a squirrel skitter across a pool of Jello, it might be able to make it across. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would think, love I think, to see I think that. something that can distribute its weight a little better than people can might have a yeah, better chance. Four points of contact versus two definitely seems like it's yeah. important here. Really distribute I mean, the pressure. We, we can do four points. Yeah, but not in a way that we can move well. We can't like walk or gel, jump on it. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? Like if you're walking on your hands and knees, I feel like you're going to be putting like uneven weight. Okay. Wait. Speaking of. Okay. We, we say that most people can't control their like all fours. Co- well, would a, would a horse girl be able to, to, to walk across <laughs> the pool? Oh. They have all the practice. They're pretty adept at walking on all fours. Yeah. That's true. All right. So a very small horse girl could probably walk across because of their skill at the all fours type movement. Yeah. So, yeah. So a good baby canter across the jello. Baby's small but can't control goes down. Yeah. Big person, too big, goes down. Uh-huh. Yep. Horse girl, small enough but more control. Smaller than baby, though. I know. I think, I think one larger, larger than baby could. Because again, remember you're you're distributing the weight a lot better than it. A, a baby a baby can't distribute its its full weight that well. Uh, a baby a baby can only do one baby's worth of of spot, right? It's pretty much all in the same spot. A horse girl could get four different babies. In, in, one Guys, baby split I, out. I just don't think your math checks out here. I I feel we're, like Jack, we're not here for math, okay? I don't know, man. We're here I, for intuition. That's all that matters. It's a podcast with integrity, and I, I don't think we can just go around throwing accusations out willy-nilly. Our number I'm not, one accu- I'm not accusing it. Hey, 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 my hands are up. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. <laughs> Our number I'm one listener is a scientist, okay? Uncle Jack is a true <laughs> scientist, and if he hears us throwing things out here without any sort of claim, we're going to get canceled. He's our patron. He's our, our <laughs> proprietor. <laughs> He keeps the lights on here. (laughs) He's our podcast uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle of the podcast. Yeah, you've got friends of podcasts. Now now we've got uncle of podcasts. Anyway, uh, we do a little bit on this show that's called Tell Me About Who You Think Would Win or TMAT. 
T-M-A-W-Y-T-W-W, maybe. I think I got it the second try. Um, and this is going to be a little thing where we all select either a, a group of people, a place, or an activity, and we will um, combine those all together to create a competition, the likes of which the podcasting world has never seen before. Um, this week, we are being graciously given our... Our people by none other than Jeremy Meiselick. What do you got for us, Jer? Yeah, so we have uh, a distinguished board of, of contestants here. We've got Dr. Seuss. Ooh. And we've got uh, another great rhymer, Dr. Dre. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, two rhymers, two doctors. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. I like that. That's so good. Um, so, Jack, you want to tell us like what an, they're going to yeah, do? Yeah, this is like an epic rap battle of history level of... <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, um, our two contestants, the doctors, Dre and Seuss, um, are going to be going into a bit of a rhythmic competition, so this will be perfect. However, they're not going to be making um, art with their words, but rather with their bodies. I am, of course, speaking of the high competitive world of dance jump roping. Um, each, <laughs> each contestant will be a member of a five person team, um, and they will be the anchor for their group. So their routine is the last out of the whole competition. So they really get to put the cap on the night for, uh, okay. For the competition. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. And of course, no dance jump rope event would be possible without a location. Ryan hit us with it. Well, It's interesting. You talk about a, uh, like a group activity going on uh, because these competitors and their teams are going to be uh, competing in an active demolition derby arena. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So a little, a little extra flair for the, for the, uh, for the competition. Yeah. The jump roping scene, once they got to Gainesville, Florida ended up being pretty, pretty hog wild at that time. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it gets, they get rowdy down there. So I'm looking at pictures of Dr. Seuss and Dr. Dre, right? Just mm-hmm. in terms of athletic ability, it looks like they're pretty much on an even playing field. Dr. Seuss, a little bit older, a little bit less, I would say, fit. Dr. Dre has some muscles that are fairly visible. But I would say for the purposes of this jump rope dance competition, I would say they're probably pretty physically equal. Yeah. At least I, in terms of stamina. I think, I think that's fair enough. They're, pro- they're probably within the same like they'd be they'd be put in the same weight class this is dr seuss in his athletic prime right and yeah. dr drain is athletic prime yeah. which is probably now uh, i don't maybe know like dr. 10 Dre. years ago i don't know dr, dr. Dre. He, Dre. Be, he looks pretty good right now so yeah that. i just figured he's jeremy like, said yeah. he has muscles older gentleman he was born in 65 he's 57 he's like wow 57 right. i mean if you're older than 57 hey, <laughs> there's it. some pretty active <laughs> <laughs> all right Jack, Jack just alienating a significant portion of the human population but all right <laughs> all righty then sounds like we know where jack stands yep well dr seuss i do not think is alive so <laughs> yeah that's no, 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 I, I can't confirm dr seuss well is to be you know what jack's alienating an even significant significantly larger portion of the <laughs> the human population yeah when you count dead people the earth is like super heavily populated <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like how human body is seventy percent water. I think the Earth is like seventy well, percent human like body. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, Doctor Dre, Doctor Seuss. 
Um, which style of, of lyricism, because, I mean, I guess lyricism or writing or, you know, prose, do you think would translate the best to the visual medium of dance jump rope? Let's start there. So Dr. Seuss is, you know, very, I would say, descriptive in his wording. And so I feel like that, like, like hats and socks and boots and straps and something like that or whatever, you know, I'm just making uh-huh. stuff up. But uh, no, that was actually, actually, I just quoted yeah. him. Um, that was his most famous but, quote. But, you know, I feel like he could do a lot of fun stuff with the visual aspects of what he's writing down when he's doing the dancing. Yeah. Like maybe when he says socks, he points to his socks, you know, okay. something like that. Something goofy. Yeah, I imagine crazy he's like probably that. wearing a good amount of stripes. Um, you know, may, it might be difficult to jump rope in his tall, wacky hat. You know, it curls all over the place. I, I will say he's got a lot of uh, material to work with too. Um, first of all, all of the books he's written, but there's also the Susicle, which goes on all across the country, true, uh-huh. every single year. True. So. There's performance in that that I think could be could be pulled from. You got to be careful because you can't now, lift too much material from Susicle because fans, of true. course, will recognize it. And a little bit is kind of an homage and it's fun and it's charming. But if you use too much, you worry about getting into the, you know, the visibility that you're like relying on your old stuff. That's true. That's that's fair. I would um, I would say that's almost where Dre has, has such an advantage because his freestyling has to be much better. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think I, I think one thing that hip hop and rap have a really good reputation of is putting on a really good show. Yeah. Like there's there's always high energy, lots of dancing, lots of people just like having a good time. Um, I think that kind of energy can really translate well to to this kind of performance. Yeah, if you think about it, I feel like hip hop is usually a lot of like jumping up and down already because you yep. get that's kind that's of true. like okay, a, yeah. a hip hop thing because the 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 type of beats lend themselves to that um so maybe he's he's able he doesn't even need to think about the actual jump roping right maybe he can get himself into a rhythm where he's just rapping in his mind and using that right. tempo to jump <laughs> and then he's in the in the in the the jump rope and then the dance choreography is all just base. it's basically he took out the whole jump rope portion of it and he can just kind of dance from the heart yeah. i think another thing that works in dre's um it works in his favor is that he does music while um, Dr. Seuss does more poetry, storytelling kind of stuff. So while there's both like a rhythm to each side, there's a more consistent, like the, the rhythm of, of music is more consistent to dance than poetry and, and, and prose like that. Certainly. Would. Consistency is totally key in the jump rope world. Like it's, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to to break it down to iambic pentameter. So. Yeah. Well, you you a lot of the youngsters on Twitch nowadays are really getting into it. Getting into iambic pentameter. Um, well, yeah, but yeah. Remember who these men are? They're older. They're at least fifty-seven years old. So I don't I don't know Basically if they're dead. super in tune. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they're not necessarily in tune with the younger generation. I think that hurts so, both of them, of course, but I don't know that that's an advantage to one over the other. I think Dr. Dre would have no, more you're, clout, you're, though. Here's what I'm maybe. thinking. I'm thinking. I go, you say, hey, Dr. Dre is going to do a jump rope dance. I go in with some decently high expectations and a pretty good idea of what I'm going to expect. 
You say, hey, Dr. Seuss is going to be jump roping dancing? I, one, want to see it. Two, not that I don't want to see Dr. Dre, but I have no idea what I'm about to see. So there's a, I would say there's a real surprise aspect that Dr. Seuss can play into. Yeah, but with that surprise aspect, you really have to pull it off. Because if, if it doesn't hit, it's not, it's going to be okay, bad. It's like a risk-reward thing. Exactly. Yeah. High yeah, risk, high Dr. reward. Dr. Seuss is a man of the arts, you know? He probably had other interests within the arts that were outside of poetry and reading. So, you know, he very well could have, you know, done some ballroom dancing at least or, or something like that. So, I uh, I would, I, I, I'm feeling, I'm kind of feeling it, guys. You I would I mean? like to bring up the fact that this is taking place in the middle of an active uh, rally. That's right? awesome. Very yeah, true. Like, we uh, usually forget about that, but car fight situation. You said it was a demolition derby, or yeah. So, do you think, um, you know, that the movement of the cars, maybe the sound of the crashes, the screaming fans Dusty. would be a detriment to either one of them or, you know. Oh, I, I bet you the crowd could mm. play really well into Dr. Seuss if he can get them on their side. Because I, I'm, I'm assuming it's it, there is a level of confidence. I think we can all agree that Dr. Seuss does not have compared to Dr. Dre in terms of dancing and or Trump. Roping. Well, but if you for, get the crowd, well, I, I'll, I'll say Dr. Dre has a leg up on that too because he performs live. Yeah. Dr. Seuss, I don't know how often now, behind but a pseudonym. I, this man hide, hiding behind true. hiding behind yeah, death. Behind, what a coward! <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Dr. Seuss is for dying and not performing his works live for his many many fans. Yeah, so here's here's what I'm thinking at this point. I think if you if you wanted a solid. What is it? They call a blue chip stock. It's like, you know, it's going to have good returns. You know, it'll be decent. It might not be the best, but it'll do well. I think you're looking at Dr. Dre. I think if you, you want to kind of gamble and risk it all, you go with Dr. Seuss. I think the variability for Dr. Seuss, the, uh, the higher highs and the lower lows, I think we're going to see from Dr. Seuss. Now, what is it like during a demolition derby? Well, I think we're you know about to figure that out. Um. How about this? What I want to know from you guys is what you think the the move, the ultimate move for each guy would be. Like, you know, because we all know that dance jump rope has a lot of stuff that you have to put in there. You know, you got your triple axles, you got your your double dutch twists that you need to kind of have in your routine. So, you know, we can assume that both of them are going to have those. But... What is going to be that showstopper for each of them that really puts them, you know, that makes their routine? I'll say, I'll say Dr. Seuss is Ryan. You can say Dr. Dre's. Sure. Um, but Dr. Seuss uh, is going to do his triple axle, do a uh, like a ground spin. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And then he's going to from the ground spin, jump up, do a backflip, moon Dr. Dre on the landing and then do a front uh -oh. flip. OK. Back into it to finish it off. So Mr. Seuss is quite spry in your mind then. Do you oh, think yeah. we could get any yeah. sort of research as to whether or not he was actually able to do any sort of front or back flip? Yeah, Ryan, you go ahead and tell him about Dr. Dre and I will do some research. Yeah, so I mean, Dre's is pretty it's pretty simple, um, but also very complex. Um what he does is after he pops out of his um double dutch, um, he will Basically, do a combination of all the most popular 
like hip hop dance moves right now. You've got like the the Dougie, um, you've got the the whip, the nay nay. You all you know you know all the, the ones. most popular dance moves um, from years ago. Exactly. Well, let's not date. Let's not date the podcast. True, true. Just uh, just beep out the number of years that. But I yeah, I think I think that's going to be his his big move. It, it's all recognizable. It's something that people can also do along with them. So it gets uh-huh. the crowd interacting. And that actually all takes place so over think, four skips of the rope. So it's incredibly fast. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I think I, I think I have enough information here. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I think I'm ready to go. Gentlemen, tell me, tell me your decisions here. All right. I am personally going with Dr. Dre. I think he's got the ability to put on a really good show. He's got the experience. Um, he performs live all the time. Um, and I think he's just a little more in touch with a modern day audience. I think, I think you make a lot of good points and I think I'm going to have to agree. I think, you know, with Dr. Seuss, you might get a lot of you know, those, you know, one, one in a thousand chances. Uh, but I think tonight's not his night, not in, not in a demolition derby, not in front of a crowd. I think it's more of a poor showing, actually. Yeah, let me tell you um, how this is going to go in my mind, because I'll be honest, I agree with you. I like I I like to think of it um, think of it rather as a uh, you know you pan in and you see the cars kind of going against each other, and there's some dirt ramps and cars are going off the dirt ramps and the 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 bodies of the cars slamming against the ground and they're sideswiping each other and there's cars hitting each other head on. A lot of noise. The crowd is going crazy. And what's that through the dust and the dirt in there? Oh, it looks like a little whirlwind. Oh, it's actually being generated by a group of uh, jump ropers. I almost said hula hoopers. And um, this is they're, they're next, next to the, the jump, jump ropers. ropers. It's another the, the actually the stadium got triple booked, <laughs> which is why there's so many different <laughs> events going on in here. Um, but, you know, the show must go on. So there's a small, intimate audience actually in the center ring of the because uh, it's, you know, it's like an oval type deal. Um, and inside where the trailers and flags would usually go for an oval type race. This is uh, our jump roping stage. And Dr. Dre is going on at the same time because it's so the way the context works is you it's a group of five. Each each teammate has, a, you know, 30 second, you know, battle. And at the end, the last two go simultaneously. So they kind of go up against each other here. Um, mm. And what, what's happening is that they get to the end of this battle and the judges are, are scoring continuously. So the score is actually tied up, right? They got 85 dance points on one side, 85 dance points on the other. So doctors Dre and Seuss are looking each other in the eyes. And they walk up to their their jump roping spots, and you hear the the, the telltale thwack, 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 as the jump ropes start getting going, and they shake hands, and they both jump into their moves, and they're doing their normal stuff. I will say that Doctor Seuss actually has some pretty good technical ability for these first few things. All the things that he's pulling off, he's doing with really good precision. Um, the triple axle is looking really strong. Dre's actually coming out with a little bit of aggression, and I think it's costing him a little bit in the cleanliness of his work. But you can tell that the crowd is on his side. And uh, about 25 seconds in, Dr. Seuss can actually tell that he's losing the battle. Um, and he, he wants to pull it out, and he's like, all right, well, I gotta try this move that I've only tried a couple of times in practice. And he tries to do, you know, his roll, his turnaround on the ground, backflip, frontflip move, 
that everybody loves so much. He did it once in Dallas, Texas, and the crowd went nuts. Um, and he goes to do his, <laughs> his first move on the roll. He miscalculated the stand-up time, and he actually gets hooked in the knee by the jump rope. The whole thing falls apart. I mean, it ruins the rhythm. He's the oh rope God. is out of hand. That's actually a disqualification. And um, so mm. Dr. Seuss is sitting there like a fool. And Dre sees this. And instead of, you know, maybe slowing himself down, he's got the win by default. Now, we already know that, you know, because of that performance by Dr. Seuss, that Dre's team is going to win it. But instead of doing the sportsman like thing, I think Dre is going to have to stun on him. I think he's he's going to do his move. He's doing <laughs> oh. all the popular dance moves. He's doing the whip. He's doing the nene. Um, <laughs> the other ones, a couple of them from Fortnite, just for the kids, and all of that's happening <laughs> in about four skips, and the crowd just loses their minds. They are coming onto the field, onto the field of of dance now. They're running over the Dr. Seuss's team. They're picking up Dre's team. They're carrying them out of the stadium. All the cars are actually stopping for them. They're creating a a, a sort of brigade to bring them down the street. Dre really took this. There was no question about it in anyone's mind. Uh, honestly, kind of an embarrassing show for Dr. Seuss. <laughs> wow, that was a beautiful description. Um, so colorful. Um, but with that description finishing, that means our podcast is done. And if you liked it, please tell people about us. Leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to stuff. Share it with your friends. Uh, we're on Facebook. Tell me about that podcast. We're on Twitter at TMATpod. We post highlight videos every other week on the off weeks um, that you can share from last week's episode so those are a good way to get get it out to people um let's see if you want to email us it's tell me about that podcast at gmail.com we love hearing your thoughts on the show if you got any uh reddit questions you want to send in or some weird articles that ryan can talk about or any tomato contestants or activities you want to hear us talk about that'd be a great way to do it and with that, I've been Jeremy. I've been Jack. And I've been Ryan. You know, I'd actually really like to bring up that uh, thing that Jeremy was talking about with the workstations. Let me start this shit. You guys ready? Ready, yeah. guys? This is a podcast speed run. We're about to record a <laughs> podcast fast as anyone's ever recorded a show. Any percent speed run. Here we go.